Greetings to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz. And as an ambassador of God, I'm so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the King, both spiritually and politically, because we represent a government that is the kingdom of God. Greetings, fellow citizens. I pray and petition to our king that all is well uh, with you, your families. Um, We're going to get right into it today. We have a lot to cover. We're actually going to be in uh, Elijah today. And uh, I've really been in this, this, and, and, and God's, the word of God has really been speaking to me, not in revelation as far as, you know, something special so that I can share and get likes from from others. But he's tapping me on the shoulder in the middle of the night to, to talk to me more about, you know, the similarities of, of what he did with Elijah and to um, help open my eyes more to what he's taking me through. He hasn't told me why he's taking me through it, but man, I tell you what, this is definitely the most challenging thing I've ever endured in my life. And I'm not understanding, I mean, I guess I can understand why. I mean, I think this is one of the aspects of doing the podcast. Um, you know, for me, I think even one of these verses that's in verse 20 or 18 of first Kings, which we're going to kind of, I'm going to read out of that, but the backdrop for those of you who don't know the story, uh, we're going to get into Elijah today. And the title of this is, is depression and stress is not siloed. And I didn't, I never really paid attention to, to what that, you know, to, to the things that I'm going to discuss. You know, typically you just think when you're under stress, you just see it as one area of your life, which is something that you're taking care of, you know, your daily living. And you just think it affects that. But it's not. It's not a silo. It doesn't just affect one area of your life. And it doesn't just affect you. You know, it affects people around you. And then it also affects three areas of your life, which is physically, spiritually, and mentally. All right, this is this is so important to really grasp and understand for your for your life. You know, um, and if all three areas are not well, they're not equal, they do not communicate with each other, which, you know, you, you have to place each one of these areas on an equal plane in order for, you know, your, your sanity, you know, to deal with everything to, to, to hang around, but not only that, 
so you can finish the assignment. That's the reason why you have it. There's an assignment, you know, and, and when you're one of, when you belong to God, there's chastisement that, that, that comes with being a child. You know, we're all on a constant grooming axis of sanctification. This goes on until the day you perish. Sanctification goes on until the day you perish. And the day you stop being sanctified or you're not working on sanctification, which means to be more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because that's what he's perfecting. You know, just being saved. That's good. But being more like the son, our king, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's that's the goal. Right. While we're here on earth. And in order to do that, there's a process that has to take place and that's sanctification. So let's go to First uh, Kings chapter 18. We're going to be doing I'm going to do a lot of reading today. So you might hear my the pages of my Bible turning, but we're, we're actually going to stay in First Kings 19, the first half of it. But I just kind of want to give a backdrop. You know, Elijah, he was a prophet. And uh, in in Israel, you know, so he was under King uh, Ahab and, and Jezebel at that time. And Israel was kind of falling away from from God. You know, they've always been on this journey of sojourning away from God, going back to God when they were, you know, didn't see things happening the way that they wanted them to. And then, of course, they were calling back on God to come and fix it, to come and deliver them. And, and God would. That was the grace of God. He always he always stayed around. And when they called him, you know, he, he, he did things for him, but he never took it away. So, but in this, in this what um, Elijah was doing was he was on a mission to push Israel back to serving the Lord. And there was about 450 prophets of Baal uh, that turned to Baal in Israel and about 400 prophets of uh, Asherah, right, who all ate at Jezebel's table. So uh, what basically what Elijah did was he called them to the square, basically, and he was uh, saying, hey, you, you, you put things together uh, and that's in chapter 18 it talks about the things that they did we're not going to go into detail about that but basically they made an altar uh, to sacrifice to Baal and then he made an altar to sacrifice to God and he wanted to see which one you know would would would, would attend the sacrifice well needless to say Elijah did it God showed up and showed out as he normally does, and he he received the glory for it. And in the process of that, uh, he was uh, Elijah was giving, you know, the the deal to to kill each one of those prophets that served Baal. So, um, but one of the verses that I noticed that kind of that I read, excuse me, that I read 
And it really hit me out of verse 18. It was uh, or chapter 18. It's verse 21. It's starting at verse 21. And it says this. It says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you limp between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer. And I was like, man, that's uh, <laughs> limping between two different opinions. And naturally, that's what we do. We do that a lot. But when Elijah was talking to Israel about this, he was not talking about just, you know, serving God and, and or serving Baal and and he was talking about doing it wholeheartedly. He was like, you can't, you can't limp between two opinions, you know? So Israel at that time did not really reject the Lord, but they were also seeking worship to kind of combine worship of Baal and God, you know? So they believed in God and they knew God because they seen the hand of God work in their lives before. But, there was still this fleshly part of them that wanted to worship Baal, right? And they wanted to kind of blend the two to have kind of, you know, their foot, their, their, their feet in both worlds, right? You know, so this issue was posed by Elijah to, to, to take care of it. And he wanted them to choose either the Lord or Baal. And he says, you can't serve them whole, you know, you can't serve both gods wholeheartedly. So you need to decide which message you're going to you're going to follow. Right. And just in that verse alone. There's really quite a bit for me to think about. Right. You know, and that's that's one of the battles that, you know, I'm. I face today and I think God has really worked on my life by really burning off a lot of the things that I would would want to lean on in the world right um there was you, you know when you're going through stress you tend to want to do things that satisfy your flesh right to kind of get beyond the stress right so it, it could be anything it could be food it could be all kind of sorts of things right but whatever it is you know that it's not of God because everything is natural that you you go do. Right. And those natural things, they may not all be sinful. But if you really ask yourself, is it going between two opinions? Is this a part of Bell's system or is this a part of God's system? When you decide that, then it's real cut and dry. But you have to ask yourself that question. Is this a part of Bell's system or is this a part of God's? And this is where honesty, you know, hits you in the face. And when you start dealing with that honesty, you know, and then you start saying, well, man, I really want to be on God's side. And this is where I've been. I wanting to be on God's side. Right. So I have this big battle of the flesh going on right now because I have want to satisfy God. Now, the thing about that is I, the, the, the word of God has spoken to me and said, 
at times I've spoken more of the word of God than performing the actions of God. And that, that was, you know, your, your actions really show how you feel. So on the surface, we can say words and then sometimes our actions come across and it doesn't match our words. And it's those one of those things where you have to really work on. And when you start noticing that, you know, it could it just it just puts you in a different space. Right. It just really does. So just that's just an adder. But it was actually in the word. And when I was flipping through to get to uh, chapter 19, I saw that verse and, and God wanted me to share that. So whoever is listening to this, you know, study that verse and, and think about it for yourself and for your life. And then ask the spirit. How much are you limping between two opinions? And see what it says, see what the Holy Spirit tells you. And when he tells you that, be ready for God to to speak because he he's going to speak with grace to you. But then he's going to be honest with you. And then at that point, you have a decision to make. Right. So this is this is a challenge for for you, the listener, you know, just to do that. So let's go ahead and go to verse 19 now. And I'm going to read all the way. Man, it's it's a lot of reading and and I really have to read it because we got to go through this message and it may take, you know, two or three um, episodes here to, to, to really get through this. And I'm, I'm really thinking in my head how I really want to, to do this, but it's not about me. It's not how I want to do it because I would like to try to talk about it all, but I need to give it in, in sections to be able to give thought and meditation time for, for you, the listener. All right. So we're going to start in verse 19. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah, Elijah had done. And how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying, so many of the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time in the morning. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. And he came to Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he laid down and slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his uh, head a cake baked on hot stones and was a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again 
the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too far for you. And he arose, he ate, and he went in strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Herbrod or Horbrid, the Mount of God. And that Mount of God, Horbrid, is the same. It was renamed, it was Mount Sinai. So one of the things I want you to do as I'm reading and we talk about it, the first thing you want to do is see Jesus in this passage, right? Old Testament concealed, New Testament reveals, right? So we want to see Jesus in here because we're going to uh, migrate back and forth to the Old Testament to try to show you how Jesus is revealed and how he revealed where he was in the Old Testament. And you will see that uh, in this uh, Elijah story as well. Right. So now that he's went to this mount, now this section talks about the Lord speaks to Elijah. So. As I'm talking to you, I've done the homework. I just didn't know how I wanted to explain it. But the spirit has said, OK, we're just going to take this first section right here and we're going to eat right now on this section. OK, so let's go back to the top. This is where Jezebel actually started talking to Elijah. And when he when she told Elijah this, the first thing Elijah did was fear set into his heart. Now, one of the things I've I've gathered and, and studied that our greatest strength that we have is also our greatest weakness. Right. So what I mean by that is Elijah just killed 450 prophets with the sword. Right. He slaughtered them. Uh, uh, it says here. Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them there. Right. He actually. Was a warrior and he did what was asked of him to do. And then the very next day. He turns around and hears words that puts the fear in him so bad that he decides to run. His greatest strength was his greatest weakness. So at that point, you know, he runs. It says here he runs. He's afraid and he ran for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. So. He had people with him. He had a person with him and he left him there. And then it says here, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. Right. So. He left someone that was close to him. Left him there and then he goes into the wilderness by himself. Right. So. What can we take from that? It's like. At this point, 
he's asking the Lord to take his life because during that time as an Israel, it was an abomination basically to commit suicide, which is pretty much, you know, I guess from the text, you can look and see that's probably what he would rather have done. But he was like, no, I want the Lord to just take my life right here, you know, because he wanted to die because of the fear that was placed in his in his heart. And I was and it's like, man, you. How can you end up being that distress by words? And this is this is the issue, right? Words tend to affect what we believe and that's how we react with our actions, right? You can believe God's going to come through in your situation, but there's times where you may hear some words spoken and it it's like, man, I need to I know that these are these may be the f- natural facts of the words, right? And we're believing for something else that's opposite of, of the facts and the natural. But when you start going through something for an expended time frame, your actions, your subconscious actions start to take over the words. And you start acting those things out. And and that's kind of, you know, uh, I'll give some more backdrop on that uh, a little later in this. So it's like, okay, he wanted to take his life, but he wanted to he wanted God to do that. So instead, what happened was an angel touched him. And this is important to watch the graduation of this. It says here, behold, an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And then he looked and behold, at this time, he had the cake and on the hot stones and the jar of the water. Right. And then he ate and laid down again. And then there was the angel of the Lord came again a second time. And it said the angel of the Lord, but it didn't say angel of the Lord in the first text. So what made me look that up was, man, I need to look up what who is the angel of the Lord. Right. And and a a regular angel is one who goes and serves. Right. Because when when the angel of uh, the Lord in some context, is actually God talking, but he's not actually serving. He's giving direction. So you have to really pay attention to the angels because from what I've read and what I've researched, the angel of the Lord was not used ever again after Jesus was born. Angels were around and they still talk about angels, but you never hear, you never see that passage angel of the Lord. So that's where you start seeing, okay, this Christophany 
this theophany of, you know, Jesus being in the Old Testament and him being there before, you know, Adam. And this is why it's important that you need to see Jesus in the Old Testament, because in order to see the kingdom in its entirety, you would have to understand that the king has always been here spiritually. Always in the spiritual, always. And it wasn't manifested until the New Testament. So um, that is important to know. So at that time, it says the angel of the Lord came and touched him and told him to arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. Right. So he arose and he ate and went on strength of that for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, that is important. Because that 40 days, you know, the Elijah trip, it actually took double the amount of time that it was supposed to take him to get to where he was supposed to go. Right. And that 40 days is really symbolic because what it shows is is showing literal time. And the people of Israel had a notable spiritual failure. Right. Because that's what kept them in the wilderness for 40 years was their spiritual condition. What we notice here is Elijah's spiritual condition was off. Right. Because he allowed fear to sink in not only on his spiritual side, but it was also the natural side and the mental side. Right. And one of the things that the first thing you notice that God took care of, it wasn't his spiritual, it wasn't his spiritual side and it wasn't his mental side. It was his physical side. That was the part that he attended to first. Right. There was grace there. I believe in this. You know, when you hear the word of God, and this is why I say it's important to know word so that you can know that this is God. You don't have to understand it. You just have to know, you know, you read, you read, you read. The Holy Spirit is going to help you retain. Right. But if you don't, if you've never seen it on paper, if you never read it, if you never heard it. How would you know that the spirit of God is talking to you or if it's you talking or if it's the evil one talking? You you just don't know. Right. And you want to be able to know. That's why this is so important to to. To comprehend and to grasp. Right. So. His spiritual condition was off. That's why he was in the wilderness. Right. But sometimes it doesn't matter if your spiritual condition is off or not. In order to hear God. He wants you in the wilderness where it's quiet so that you can get the instructions that you need. Once you get the instructions that you need, 
He's not going to take it away. This is this is where God wants to be God. He's not going to take it away. But what he's going to do is he's going to take care of you on that journey. So the same thing he did here with Elijah is he took, he fed him and he gave him rest. Right? He fed him, he gave him rest. He fed him and he gave him rest. And he gave him enough food and rest before he told him to go. To go where he wanted him to go. Because that journey where he was going to send him, and we'll read this in next week's half, is 200 miles away from where he's located. So he had a big journey ahead of him. But God knew that he was weary, right? Because he, he came to this brook and under this broom tree and he, he told the Lord he wanted to die. But the Lord didn't say, no, you're not going to do that. The Lord didn't say, he didn't say anything. The first thing he did was attended to his natural needs, which was his strength, because he was going to need that not only for the journey, but enough strength and mental awareness, which food, if you're taking care of your body, that helps in some way to mentally take care of your mind, right? And when you have those two things under control, or at least in a healthy place, then you can hear, you're ready to hear the word of God, because what it's going to take is strength and mental capacity to complete the assignment that he's going to put you on. Right. And for me in this assignment that I have with my wife and being a, a caregiver now, this assignment has um it's 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 man, this this has challenged me. <laughs> I mean um he's always I've always try to do a great job or a good job of taking care of my spiritual health. And I've, I've, I've been very diligent on that journey since I, I, I began serving in church, which I started at word of true family church in, in Fort Worth. I've been on that journey since 2008 and and that is not just a on and off journey. That's been a, a straight on journey with God, for God. And it's been a tough one because he had he had to shift a lot in me. Uh <laughs> he 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 he's brought me a long way. I'm not the same man at all that I was in two thousand eight. Um, and a lot of that is, it's all God. That's all I can say. It's all God, what he's done in my life. So it's, it's a testament for me. Um, and as this podcast goes on, I'm sure you will hear a lot of things that I will, 
will show um, how God, I believe how God moved in my life and how I let him move me uh, to, to, to different situations and better situations, right? But let's kind of get back to the thing I kind of got off a little bit there. But um, so as God prepares you, he's going to prepare with his grace. He's going to prepare you with a strategy to get your body healthy because getting enough food and the, the proper amount of sleep allows you for that. And one of the things that I hadn't been doing was getting sleep. And I really haven't been eating well. Uh, I eat because of I need to eat, but I don't eat well. I've always been a snacker. And what I've turned to now is I just I just snack and I don't eat meals. Right. So and on this journey for at least the past Man, I, I really have to say three years since the baby was born. I probably average only about four hours of sleep. And this is no exaggeration. My wife is is my uh my witness to that. There I, I didn't know what eight hours of sleep was until probably about three or four weeks ago when the uh, therapist, Abigail's therapist, mentioned she was like, hey, to kind of help out the baby and having her to sleep better at night is try putting her in your bed. She was like, I know it's going to create another issue, but we need to fix an issue for her. Well, in terms, that action was something that I told myself that I would never do. And even the wife said it. You know, no, nah, we're not going to have her sleeping in our bed. You know, and this was this was before the therapist, though. This was something that we always said. Oh, yeah. No, nah, we're not going to. She's going to sleep in her room, whether she like it or not. And we're not going to do that. Well, here we are. <laughs> and this, I think when I said one of the podcasts where it's like this, you have to uh, place yourself under humility. This is a humility time. So it was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll we'll do this to try to help her out. Well, it it helped me out. It allowed me to get more sleep. And and I've been getting eight hours of sleep in. My body feels better. I feel stronger. And my body is able to, to, to fight a little more, you know, through the day's journey of uh, being a caregiver and taking care of, of, of home and taking care of work. Now I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling in all areas, right? I'm still struggling in all areas. I give all that I can give to each area of my life, home and work and, and, and spiritually. And, you know, I'm taking care of all those things, but I, I'm, I'm still not taking care of me. And that's just being honest, right? I'm not doing that. And it's, you know, so this story, Elijah, where he's, where the first thing God said is he's taking care of the natural. And here it is. I neglected the natural, the very first thing. 
I was focusing all on spiritual because I was like, man, if I get the spiritual done down, then the rest of this stuff ought to fall in place. Well, that's not true. God says, hey, in order to make the journey that I'm going to send you on, you got to eat and you got to sleep. The two basic fundamental things that cost no money. And I wasn't doing that. And here it is a year and a half later after surgery. I'm just now getting at least six to eight hours of sleep because of a therapist that wasn't even my therapist. It's the baby's therapist said, put her in the bed. So, you know, I know this is an, a, a silence moment, but man, I, I just see God working with me and helping me. And this is, this is what I want for everyone in the kingdom. And the word says, when you have gone through, share with your brothers so that they know and they have an opportunity to hear, you know, what what God has prepared them for. Go back and strengthen your brothers. And this is this is my calling right now is to go back and strengthen my brothers. I, I don't know how long I'm going to do this podcast. I just know that this is my mission right now and, and I'm going to perform the mission and, and the assignment. And time to do this podcast is is tough. You know, I I have to put the baby down to sleep. Like right now, she woke up when I sat her down and uh, I heard her crying while I was doing the podcast. I had to stop and go downstairs and, and, and love on her, get her back to sleep. And I laid her in the bed and then I came back up here to finish this podcast. You know, so uh, today, that that's all we got for today. I apologize that this went a little long, but um, we're going to get into when the Lord spoke to Elijah in the next uh, section. And, and you, you're going to be fascinated a little bit more. And I hope there was something in the word today that was able to catch your attention and that I hope that God is able to speak to you. But I also know if if you have an ear to hear the call of God on your life right now at this moment. And he has asked you to be willing to submit to him and become a part of the kingdom. Please repeat this confession after me. I confess with thy mouth that Lord, that Jesus is the Lord. And I believe in my heart that God had raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. That's Romans 10 and 9. And if you said this with a deep personal conviction without reservation, that Jesus is sovereign over me and everything I have in my life, this phrase includes repenting from your sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as Lord. 
This is the volitional element of faith. And if you repeated that after me, I, I welcome you to the kingdom. The kingdom is a, a, a glorious place spiritually to be because without God, without knowing God and his hand upon your life, you will feel very alone when you go through something. We're all going to go through trials. We're all going through them now. And I'm not sure what you're going through now, but I pray and hope that the lessons that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is showing us today will help you and your road into your journey to complete your assignment, whatever that may be. But until next week, Kingdom Citizens, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And I pray that you continue to be blessed upon this journey. And thank you for listening. Blessings.